0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Fish Fights, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. We've been away for a couple of weeks, so I figure it's time for a little bit of an update. Dre, how are you?
1: I'm good, my friend. Uh, yeah, I've been busy putting together that uh, that Town show that some people that frequent the Herald website might have seen by now, the, the, the high school sports side. But yeah, so, back, good.
0: it took all of 15 seconds to start cross promoting. I am very impressed, Andre. There you go.
1: Uh, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, but this show—I haven't been on this one for a while. Yeah, man, it, it, it was funny signing on today and thinking, wow, you know, we haven't said much, even though there hasn't—you know—it's the off season for them, not for the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs have been playoffs have been hellacious. It's been the way very fun. Yeah, I mean, from not so much fun lately for the Yankees, but they did have a good series against the Guardians. You know, the Phillies. The watching the Phillies go back and forth. Uh, it, it's a shame that series, I thought that series was headed for seven when they tied when the Padres tied it up at one. But, you know, great games, even though it was a five gamer, great games within that and some big moments. It's been it's been a fun postseason for sure. And then I know the big topic we want to talk about this week is the managerial search going on with the Marlins. And there's been some 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 new so not new, but some so a little bit of news came out on that, on that front, uh, hasn't it in the last couple of days?
0: Yeah, it definitely has. So the Marlins more or less, are down to four main contenders for as their final candidates. Uh, before we get to them, just a uh, hash out on the timeline, especially since the World Series is about to start. MLB is very against teams announcing while the World Series games are being on days World Series games are being played. So, if an announcement is going to be made, it's going to be made during this week, heading into or before Game One on Friday. During one after. of the off days of the World Series, which are Sunday between Game 2 and 3, and next week, Thursday, between Games 5 and 6, if the series lasts that long, or after the World Series ends. So if right. you don't hear anything by Friday, anticipate being either an off day or after the World Series for an announcement to be made. That's just the protocol. That tell- MLB doesn't want anything taken away from the World Series itself, which, from MLB's standpoint, I guess I can understand that. But back to the candidates. Four main guys. A few names that we reported early on after Don Mattingly announced that he wasn't coming back, Uh, Joe Espada, the bench coach for the Houston Astros and Matt Quatraro from the Tampa Bay Rays. We reported both of them as possibilities early on Two other guys, uh, the bench coach for the St. Louis Cardinals, Skip Shoemaker and Luis Rojas one-time manager for the Mets and now third base coach for the Mets are the four guys who have, who are known to have gotten second interviews at this point the marlins interviewed close to nine or ten guys for the job these were the four who made it past the first cut and have gotten to the second cut and all four of them basically fit the bill that we all anticipated that the marlins would be going for young guys who either have little or no big league managerial experience going for bench coaches who have been in successful roles i mean you look at a spot. He's been a bench coach for the Astros since 2017. Astros have only made it to the, at least the ALCS six years in a row. Uh You look at uh Quattraro, who's been with the Rays with Kevin Cash. He's been their bench coach since 2018 or since 2019. He's been with the Rays since 2019. Since, he's been their bench coach since 2019. He's been with them since 2018. And obviously worked under Kevin Cash. Prior to that, he worked with, he was in, with Cle- in Cleveland for four years under Terry Francona. So he's, Learned under two guys who knows what it takes to make it to the playoffs, and of course do it under salary cap constraints or ro- or payroll constraints that the Marlins, being the Marlins, are going to be doing it under. Mm-hmm. So you have these, you have an shoemaker first years of bench coach with the Cardinals. You have a group of guys who are on the up and up, but don't really have that experience to say, "Hey, I've done this," which is what we were anticipating the Marlins targeting when they started the search.
1: I'm just happy that you referred to the four of them as younger guys, considering that they're all 47, 48, 42, 41, as a fellow about to be 43 this week. uh, Thank you for saying that, for starters. Thank you for saying that. But yeah, um, no, they do all have qualities that, that are appealing in an ideal situation as far as who you would like to be leading this franchise. Um, going forward, you know, for wins and losses, as far as that goes, you know, it's been very underwhelming. And, and we know that this was the year we wanted them to take off. And we didn't see that happen, not not in earnest the way we were hoping for. So these are guys with experience, kind of behind the scenes, all in successful and successful franchises. And, uh, you know, Joe Spada, I know that he's one that would love to, to be the manager down here. If, 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 you know, if all things are equal, things work out the way, you know, the situation is right. You know, he's got the the connection, obviously, to the Yankees, which always is good when it comes to that organization with the Marlins. You know, the the, the ties that they have there. But I think his his experience as a big time manager, I think, we, will help. I mean, we know, putting the caveat, of course, the way the managerial role has changed. You know, and, and and you know, a lot of it is being run by the analytics department these days. But here's a guy with experience that's done it for a long time. He's familiar with the Marlins organization. I think he'd be. Great if they're able to land him. If they can't, you look at some of these other candidates. I mean, Quattro has the experience of being with the Rays. You know, they're they're the blueprint for, you know, when it comes to all the, you know, let's do it with a low budget. So they make all the right, it seemed, if not all the right moves, a lot of good moves to get them where they are. Even this year, this year they didn't, they didn't get very far. They got beaten the wild card round. But I think if you dig a little deeper, you'll see that it was an injury-ravaged season for the Rays. And they still did pretty good, all things considered, in a tough division, you know. So he brings that experience. Rojas, you know, you look at what happened in New York. That obviously doesn't look as good, seeing how they collapsed after he was on there. But you know, we'll see. It's a guy with. He's at least the one that has the managerial experience, excuse me. And so that makes him appealing. And, and Skip Shoemaker, I mean, you know, the Cardinals again are one of those teams that consistently have done it right I mean they, they look like they're gonna have to go through some changes now because a lot of their veterans are retiring so we'll see how they can retool that team but they're always in it even when they look like they're down and about to fall out of it they find a way to retool and you know again all these guys have absorbed being around that learning from that becoming better coaches as a result of that so for the situation in the Marlins and we knew they weren't going to land a huge huge name that costs a lot of money so if you're going to go this route those are four strong ones to consider for sure.
0: Yeah, and on that big name hiring choice, it's also you have to look at whether guys in that that realm, that generation of manager of managers would want to be in an area where it's basically the analytics are driving the decisions. I mean, we've talked Joe Madden like five or six times on this, where it's basically knowing that if he's just there to be the spokesperson, the person who does all does everything where the decisions are made for him, what's the point? versus other guys who have gone through the analytics age of it and have sort of more towards that balancing the line of, okay, analytics, you're going to drive a lot of it and I'll be able to make them some spot decisions here and there. And in that aspect of it, this group sort of fits into that. And I want to go back to one of the things you said about Quatraro with the Rays and how they gone went through the injury riddled season, still a success. Saw what the Marlins did and the Marlins have, Claimed a lot of their falter this year, they pointed to the injury bug. So if you have a guy who's gone through it and is able to maneuver around that, that's mm-hmm. another plus on that's another plus on him. And also just to bring up where these guys are, the Marlins aren't the only guy people going for these guys. Joe Espada has been also been linked to the White Sox. Quilcharo's been linked to the Royals. There are other openings that are happened that are out there. I believe there's four left, including the Marlins now that the Rangers signed uh, signed bocce. So there are still other teams that are going for the same guys. So it's a matter of seeing how that how the competition in between teams for these guys play out as well. Out not just the Marlins want this guy, they're going to get this guy. They need to see they're going to have to fend off some teams as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it always is like that in the league at this time of year. Not just in baseball, but in any sport, you have you know once the first domino falls and somebody gets hired, uh, the the question is. Do they jump and be that first domino? You know what I mean? Do they have a guy that they feel strongly about that they will that they will present an offer to and lock him up, and then the other three go off to wherever? Or are they going to kind of see, take a little more patient approach, and then if one of them gets snatched up, then kind of narrows their choices down? I don't know. It's an interesting balance there, because if they are, are kind of dead set on someone, you don't want to wait too long and get them taken away from you, obviously. So on we'll see how it goes
0: unless that one person is currently employed by one of the teams who's in the World Series, and you're waiting for that to determine if you're able to get him. That's where the the interesting factor comes in.
1: Right, and that's where, you know, reading between the lines, why I I like him as the most, personally, I like him as the best candidate. I think a lot of people do just because of his experience, and I think the fact that, like I said before, he would love to be here, again, if the circumstances are right, if the money's right, all that kind of thing. I think he'd love to be here because he was here before. He's familiar with Miami and that sort of thing, I and mean, he'd be a good fit. So if that does end up being the case, then yeah, it would be worth the wait. But obviously, you don't want to see this week. You know, if you don't want to see, like maybe in the next three days, two of them get snatched up, and then and then he says, "Sorry, no, guys, Yeah, and then you're screwed, and then you got to and you're either stuck with the one left, or or who knows, maybe no one. So it, it's a again, it's a very difficult delicate balance always when you're trying to 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 go through this process so it'll be interesting to see in the next few days i mean it wouldn't shock me if they made a move soon maybe just to do it but you're right if they do have if they are dead set on another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to do's bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. On a certain someone who you translate his last name literally means sword. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it would be worth the wait, I think.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And... To transition to bigger picture of baseball, let's talk some World Series, Dre. Yeah, we've got again, like we've mentioned up at the top, we have the Houston Astros, the number one seed in the American League, who the Miami Marlins happened to take two of three against in June in Houston without Sandy Alcantara starting any of those games against the Philadelphia Phillies, who got into the playoffs as the number six seed, the last seed with the expanded playoffs. And got a lot of help from the Marlins when the Marlins took three of four against Milwaukee that final week of the season and then just absolutely took off. I mean, with the two overall, you've got the Astros just steamrolling through everything, sweeping the Mar- sweep the Mariners with a couple big home runs by Jordan Alvarez, and then sweeping and then sweeping the Yankees. I know Dre's making a face right now with that. And then the Phillies beat the Cardinals, beat them. They beat the Cardinals, they beat the Braves, and then they beat the Padres to get in there. Mm-hmm. And again, to be two division champions and to, to defeat another team that just was gritty and found their way up to the end. I mean, the series itself is gonna be lopsided just when you look at the two teams. But I'm anticipating the Phillies are gonna be able to steal a couple games away from from Houston. In this, I think, they have between just with their offense, and if Zach Wheeler or Aaron Dola can get hot behind game one or two. It can make the series interesting.
1: If this was any other year, I always love picking the team that has that "quote unquote" like team of destiny look. And I think I, I think I texted you the other day when I yeah. when they yes you did and I, they they just do the Phillies just do. But damn, the Astros are good. Oh, I, had the, good. I, had the, I had the the unfortunate, uh, you know. Whatever you want to call it, of seeing that up close in these last few games, especially, and, and saw it during the season, and what an obstacle they were to the Yankees, and that, and, and some of that is on the Yankees for just not having, you know, contact enough contact hitters that can put the ball in play. You know, you can't be boom or bust, uh, all or nothing, home run only home run power type. You know, overall, and and they and a couple of injuries contributed to that, but that I, I, I'm equating that to this series because you need that you need that mix to beat to have a chance to beat this houston team with the kind of pitching that they can throw at you not just verlander but christian javier mccullers all those guys to be consistent against that bullpen too Mm -hmm. you have to put the ball in play you have to create runs and that's what the phillies are doing that's what the phillies have done throughout this postseason and 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 have gotten those big hits bryce harper looks rejuvenated i mean he was a Generational talent.
0: Bryce and Reese have been absolutely
1: fantastic. Yeah, but I'm going mainly, but but I'm saying Bryce in particular because here's a guy that was always mentioned in the same breath as Trout as being one of those generational talents, and we're seeing his moment. We're seeing the the potential for this to be his run. You know what I mean? And and I think that there's a huge obstacle in their in his and their way with with the Astros, but it would be something if this is kind of something where where he could push them. And what a way to do it, too, because he's been on a lot better – not that a lot better sounds harsh, but he's been on very talented teams. He was when he was in Washington and here. And to do it with a wild card Cinderella story, just, you know, get hot and go through it, I mean, that, that'd be something. But I don't know. I, I I agree with you that Philly will win some games in this series. Can they win four is what I still question just because Houston is so complete of a team. So if you ask me right now, I don't know if we got to our where we wanted to make our picks yet or something. Go for but it. Go for it. I, I I just seeing the Astros, it it's hard for me to pick against them. Like I'd have to stick with it's Houston's year to pull it off. But it wouldn't shock me because I, I like I said, I think the Phillies have the formula. If all break, if things continue to break their way and, and and they continue to play the way they are, but that Astros team is just lethal right now, and they're gonna have game if they go if it does go to game seven, it's at it's over there. It's in Houston. So mm-hmm. that it's hard to see them getting beat in a situation like that. So I'm going to pick the Astros. How many games? Seven. One, I think seven? it was seven. Yeah, sure. I, and that's, that's how I, that's how I'll balance it. That's how I'll give Philly their due for, for the kind of run that they're on. But in a game seven, wow. If, they're, if you tell me the Phillies win that game, you know, two to one, whatever it would be. Tip of the cap at that point for uh, by far for them, but yeah, I don't, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. It with Houston, I'm going Houston in six for me. It's going to come down to I need to see the first two games, those first Mm -hmm. two games where it's going to be Verlander versus Wheeler and most likely Framber Valdez versus Nola. Mm -hmm. So we need to at least get one of those two in order to have a chance, in order to have a chance for it to make it back to. Houston for it to get to game six and seven. yeah. Three, the three through five, those games that are going to be played in Philly to me are going to be absolute wild cards. I feel like they can go either way. Philly needs at least one of those first two, especially since again, Zach Wheeler has been their horse all postseason. He's been dominant every single start. If he can find a way to out-duel Verlander, that will that will set the course for for the series. And then when you look at the offenses, I mean, we talked yeah. about, like I talked about Reese Hoskins with, I think it was four home runs in the, in the NLCS, Harper with mm-hmm. the big bombs, Schwarber showing up, JT, JT, hit, JT doing what he's doing. Again, we've known how lethal their offense was, and we knew that was going to be their bread and butter. The yeah. fact that their pitching is held up enough, specifically their bullpen holding up enough and their defense holding up enough for them to be able to squeak by and let their offense do their job. If they can, if they can do that again against a very, very, very—I'd say—very say very enough good, good Houston Astros team.
1: Schwarber yeah. is harming baseballs more than he usually does yes. these days. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. But, so yeah. I
0: feel like again, if Philly, if they get into Philadelphia with a series tied one-one or by some miracle up two nothing, then Philly's gonna have. But if it, they're down two nothing after the first two games. I find it hard to see them coming back and winning for for the final for the final five.
1: Yeah, this reminds me of a couple of years ago. Uh, the you remember the the way that series between the Dodgers and the Rays just kept going back yeah. and forth. It was like one one highlight by uh, you know by 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 Muncy or one of these Dodgers hitters, and then or, or you know and then the next thing you know or Mookie, and then the next thing you know, Reina comes up with a big Arosa, to me that now. In the role of a Rosa Arena this year, Jordan Alvarez. Watch. Yeah. He's gonna have those big holy crap home runs that'll turn a game or maybe win a game for them. And then meanwhile, on the flip side, the the interesting part is in that series, the Dodgers were the favorite that had all these bats. In this series, the favorite is the Astros, but I feel like Philly is one is the one that has all those interesting bats that can that can change on one swing, you know, whether like you said, either whether it's Harper, whether it's Hoskins. JT Real Muto, let's not forget Another one who's having his first Playoff run, his first major playoff run You know, he could play a role in this Too, you know, as versatile We saw the inside the park home run he hit earlier yeah. In the postseason, so I mean it, It's going to be a good one It's going to be a very good one, I think
0: Yep, it's going to be fun, everything's, game one starts up on Friday, G- game two is Saturday And then it flips to Philadelphia next week Starting Tuesday for game three uh, It's going to be fun to watch And other things, just Some housekeeping as we wrap this episode up. Some other things to look forward to. Finalists for MLB's major awards are November 7th. That's when we should find out that Sandy Alcantara is a Cy Young finalist. And the Cy Young award will be announced on November 16th. Also, uh, shout out Miguel Rojas being named a finalist for the NL Gold Glove Award at Shortstop. Second time in three years. The Gold Glove Awards are being announced by Rawlings November 1st. So yep. we'll be on the lookout for that. It's him, Dansby Swanson, and Hacian Kim from the Padres. To be honest, I was kind of surprised by Kim. I thought Francisco and would have been the third one. But either hmm. way, either way, it's, either way, way. it's I mean, I feel like I felt like at the end of the season it was going to be Rojas or Dansby. They were going to be one and two. So at least the two of them were up there. I mean, Dansby was absolutely yeah, phenomenal maybe, as well.
1: Maybe, so. it makes it a, maybe it makes it a 50-50 for Miggy between him and Dansby. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, so we have those two, and then obviously, whenever the manager is announced and hired, our podcast that immediately follows that will be a full recap, analysis, thoughts on all of that, and then once sure. the World Series ends, free agency and all that, all the fun stuff of the off truly begins. So and you
1: and you at the winter meetings, uh, like a month after that. So yep,
0: yep. first week of December, sunny San Diego. I guess I'll. I'll take my lumps and spend four or five days out there if need be part of the job. I get it. I'll suffer through it. We'll make it happen. (laughs) So Yeah,
1: you have fun with that. Yep.
0: Yep. And on that note, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much for tuning in everybody. And we'll be back again either next week. If we have a manager hire, if not the week after that to recap everything that has gone on. Thanks so much, everyone.